welcome back to another episode of Hot Boy Film Club. Joining me, as always, are my two best friends, CJ and Craig. How are y'all doing? What's up, what's up? What's happening? What's happening? I don't think this is enthusiastic enough, y'all. I think we need to try again. Ooh. Ooh. It doesn't sound like we want to be here. I want to be here. I love film. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. All right. Anyway. I don't know that I want to. Mm. What? Go ahead, Craig. What up? What up? What are you going to say, Craig? I don't want to stick my mic in my mouth. Uh, but, you know. Oh, here Craig. We are. Craig. Uh, all right. We're, we're all not right. making Craig. We're Actually, this no, this is this kind of. Yeah, no, let's go. We know you speak on the mic a lot, Craig. Oh, my God. Maybe the wrong movie to start uh, this kind of Oh, true. Or is it the right movie? We'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get there. Oh, my. Holy (laughs) shit. Uh, Anyways, Brandon, what's up? Welcome welcome back to Hot Boy Film Club. Um, We appreciate you all joining us through our Oscars ride. We're going to keep it going a little bit longer this week with The Whale uh, 2022 film uh, directed by Darren Aronofsky. It is an American film starring Brendan Fraser, Sadie Sink, and Hong Chow with a 117-minute runtime. The film is about a morbidly obese English professor trying to amend his relationship with his estranged teenage daughter. Uh, it's actually based on a play of the same name written by the film's uh, screenwriter, Samuel Hunter. Uh, I actually did not realize that uh, before watching... Uh, it kind of makes a little more sense now. It, it does kind of read as a play, um, which is interesting. Um, Setting-wise, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like the one room in a, or one setting and whatnot. Um, we are uh, we're talking about this, uh, again, uh, off the heels of the Oscars. Brendan Fraser took home the award for actor in a leading role. Um, it also won Best Makeup and Hairstyling, and uh, Hong Chao was also nominated for Supporting Actress. Um, I think that's it. I don't think I missed anything. Um, so, you know, the big the big talk here is obviously, uh, I would think, uh, Brendan Fraser. You know, this is sort of his, his big comeback. Um, you know, in the early, mid-2000s, he had a lot uh going on that kind of pulled him out of his career um obviously uh if you followed this at all you'll you'll know this um you know there was uh, a a sexual assault uh issue with the president uh, of the holly at the time president of the hollywood foreign press philip burke um sexually assaulted brendan uh around the same time he's also getting divorced his mother dies uh he's undergoing multiple major surgeries and sort of this combo of everything just took a huge blow to his mental health, uh, and he just he stepped back for a while. Um, you know, there's some back and forth as well as to the calling out of the sexual allegations, sort of getting him blacklisted uh, from career uh, roles and whatnot. Um, and uh, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot to fucking go through. Um, but we're we're glad to see him back, Craig. I know you've said this a few times. Brendan is a major part of your childhood. Um, and I can definitely add to that. Uh, the mummy. I had his action figure. Nice. Fuck you. I had his mummy (laughs) action figure dog. And it meant so much to me. I wouldn't let my other cousins play with it because they were always breaking shit. Good. So like, I, I, I definitely like, he definitely was in my childhood too. So I I think he's a a big part of everyone's childhood, uh, at least in our, our age range. Uh, I know George of the Jungle is also a big one for, for some folks. Um, and you know, his, his career is obviously, there's a lot more outside of that as well, but, um, for us, those are some highlights at least. (laughs) Monkey bone, like monkey bone. Oh my God. Uh, too much okay well Continue. regardless we are glad to see him back um you know he he has done he's had some smaller roles here and there uh some television bits and whatnot um mm-hmm. but this is sort of his his first like real at least like leading role that has been been pretty major um and i just you gotta you gotta love it you gotta love to see it um so he won for that and then obviously best makeup and hairstyling also won it supposedly took about four hours each day to get the prosthetics put on, uh, and they allegedly weighed almost 300 pounds. Um, 
that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> so you really was struggling when he was yeah, trying to get man, up. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, wild. Yeah, so I... Just thought I know, that was good acting. <laughs> <laughs> I know we had kind of talked about in the, the previous episode sort of the hair and makeup uh, uh, win there and, and learning that how, how long it took and how much uh, effort was actually put into that. It, it definitely makes sense. And I do think it, it comes across on screen. But yeah, uh, I guess just, uh, Craig, you, you talked about this a little bit last week. Um, you ended up really enjoying this movie. So I guess let's start with you and uh, kind of tell us tell us how you felt about this film. Did you, I might have disassociated here for a second. Uh, did you talk about the synopsis for this? A yes. morbidly obese English professor, professor tries to mend his relationship with his estranged teenage daughter. Yep, cool. So I disassociated. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, <laughs> uh, that's entirely on me. It's fine. No, uh, this film, um, I had a lot of, of, of uh, outside commentary for, uh, where everyone was like, it's super depressing. Uh, be prepared for two hours of sadness, and it's going to just weigh on you heavily after that. No pun intended. Um, I sat and got ready to watch this. I, I, I you know, uh, I believe it was rainy as all hell the day i watched this but i was like okay i guess if i'm ready for a sad movie i'm ready for a sad movie let's just dive in uh it is a film i think one critique uh, that i got about this that i think carries through is that when you think it's going to get better it just doesn't and kind of continues uh that was definitely felt all the way through but for me the character charlie is uh, it, it's I connected with Charlie in the way that the the way he could see and continue to see potential in so many people around him from his daughter, who is just awful in so many ways, uh, to still bringing happiness to his wife. And, and even after all of her negativity from their breakup, uh, from their separation, from his abandonment, uh, he still, you know, connected out and did what he could to support as best he could. Uh, just seeing all types of positivity around him and and really just not seeing it in himself to continue going on after his loss. Uh, and I guess I connected with that in a way because I am very much one of those people where I look for the good in just about anyone and everyone that I meet. And I won't lie and say that it hasn't led me to a few pitfalls with people that I've probably trusted that I shouldn't have. Um, you know, I've learned a few lessons on that. But uh, just seeing this character and and seeing him hold on to... You know, I just want to be a part of my daughter's life. I just, you know, you're still an amazing kid. Like, just sit down and write something for me. Uh, doing what could have served his wife. Holding on to Hong Chao and still being this, like, weird rock for her, in a way. Um, where, like, she needed him just as much as he needed her. Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and even to Ty, uh, Ty Simpkins, I'm sorry, Thomas's character... Uh, who continued to show up and, and believed he was there for a reason, but in actuality, he was looking for something to distract him from what he needed himself, which was wild. Um, but I guess I've... I've The reason I connected with this, uh, I guess, was because I've, I see myself um, having taken on some of what Charlie has done in this. Like, I'm not going to let myself go to waste because of, you know, the bad things happening in my life, but I do understand pushing aside the bad things that are happening specifically to me for the sake of being there uh, as, a, as a, a, a person, if not a pillar of positivity uh, in the lives of those around me. So, like, that's where I kind of saw that. So when everybody's like, you know, it's so sad, and I think people think it's sad because you have this person who continues to be positive while we see the, you know, the scenes where he's alone and he's very much down on himself and stuffing himself full of food, and then we see the back and forth with, like, the binge eating and, like, the hating himself afterward, like... That was intense, but I understood it. Um, and even then, uh, the dying at the end, because there was, there's a part in everybody that watches this, I have to imagine, where you, you want to see him lose the weight and get back to his life and be there with his daughter and be there for his wife. And spoiler alert, but he dies. Like, he <laughs> he definitely died at the end of it. But I think he was able to at least do one final thing uh, living his life the way that he knew how, and that was to inspire others to to find their voice, literally as a teacher in persuasive writing, to find your voice, to be who you are, and, and be unafraid to live that truth is just 
brilliant and the fact that he died doing that regardless of what he was going through is amazing to me so i left away with this not feeling anywhere near as sad as i think a lot of other people did only because i i i got it fair enough um, fair enough cj i know fair you've enough. been uh historically kind of not outspoken but you've mentioned a few times um uh, about you know this maybe not necessarily being an oscar worthy performance from Mm. fraser um so i would like to hear your general thoughts about the movie um but i also i would like to see i'd like to hear you elaborate on that a little more maybe and if you still i just feel mm, that way and i mean i'm happy you won (laughs) like i'm I'm rooting for him to win (laughs) i was rooting for him to win that's the thing like it's crazy like i like it and maybe this is a a case of me not not um what's the word i want to use me not being able to resonate with the particular character is why i felt the performance was lacking which i don't have a problem being wrong about which in in return i was i i said it wasn't an oscar winning performance and he won a fucking oscar so yeah <laughs> f you cj anyways um <laughs> Cause I saw this in theaters. Like I when it when it came out, like me me and me and my wife, we went to go see it, and uh, we definitely didn't know what we were getting into. Um, just kind of talking a little bit over our overall experience. Um, definitely was the only person laughing when um, in the beginning he's like beating his meat to porn, and then ends up having a fucking heart attack almost. Um, which in that moment, the reason I was laughing was because I used to always be weird about, like, when you watch, like, the Viagra, like, commercial, they'd be like, oh, ask your doctor if your heart's healthy enough for sex. Like, I've never actually seen someone not have a heart healthy enough for, like, sex. And it was one of those things, like, that with the commercial in the back of my head, like, that made me laugh. I was the only person laughing. Definitely, um, you know, one of those moments. The two people that were sitting next to Melissa in the middle of the movie get up and leave. Um, take it as if you will. They were heavier. At set. that scene? No, 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 no. Not at that scene. It was in the middle of the movie when they got up okay. and left. Um, they were bigger people, so I don't know if this this film was just touching home a little bit, but um, that was also interesting. Um, and just overall, like you didn't know what like where it was going for a bit in my mind. Not that that's a a bad thing. Um, I like being in suspense. It was one of those like okay. What is what is um, Darren trying to what is Darren trying to say with this film, right? What does he what do you want to talk about? And I felt the a good portion of the film was following, like you said, a morbidly obese college professor trying to, you know, figure out his shit with his daughter, but then it kind of swayed into like a how do I want to word this? Kind of swayed into a, a middle finger to religion aspect and definitely organized religion aspect. And I've, I've been feeling like a lot of like Darren's past films have been kind of about that. Like you look at Mother, which it, depending on how you view that film, that film is either about the beginning of the world with God and Mother Earth or something completely different. He also was the director of Noah, so he did a film about a movie from the Bible, uh, one of the more popular ones. And then you got this one, it's kind of like, I don't know where you stand, Darren, which I guess doesn't fucking matter, but doesn't really matter but it I definitely felt like there was two main pillars of this and I'll, I'll cut it short so you can get to your points joe two main pillars of this um a father trying to reconnect with his daughter after being kind of kind of shitty because he i think he did end up cheating on his wife right or he left his wife for somebody else um which i mean you we, we've argued before like if you don't want to stay you shouldn't stay but I, I can't remember if he actually committed adultery which if he did that makes him shitty if he didn't then he's fine um but then also the aspect of religion killed the one person that i i cared and loved about care cared about and loved so therefore fuck religion and it was just like two spiraling dragons going at it within that film and I I felt it was it was really done really well. I didn't know about the three hundred pounds suit that he had to put. I knew he had to put on a suit. I didn't know it weighed that much. So kudos to Brendan Fraser pulling that off because um, that's fucking a lot. Um, and I yeah, I think um, Hong Chow is that her name? Sorry. Yes. Um, 
we're supposed to be more prepared when we do this. Um, she she did an amazing job as well. So, um, I overall like the film. I'm just more curious as to what what's Darren's what was Darren's real talking point, or what what was Darren really what was his what was this film made for? And I think you like we can obviously talk it out. That's the point of this pod, because um, to me it's about two separate things. So. I'll agree. There, there is. Um, I'm, I'm torn on this movie. I guess let me start there. Um, Ooh, really? I didn't necessarily love it. I don't know that this is a film for me. Um, gotcha. I, I, can see I that. do appreciate uh, some of the performances here and whatnot. Um, I, I know it, it, the. They were trying to get this movie made for a while. Um, I don't remember the exact time frame, but like years. Um, but the whole thing kind of feels Oscar baity to me. Um, mm. And I do feel like uh, putting Brendan Fraser in this role in the the where basically Fraser is in his career when this movie is coming out it makes it even extra Oscar baity. Um, if that makes any sense. Uh, I could see that. I could n- definitely agree with that. You know, I mean, I, mean not, I, I see what you mean. Not that it's like a bad thing or anything, but I, I don't. I guess kind of what you're getting at here, CJ. There, the movie does feel a little everywhere, and mm. but not everything in all I want. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's fine to have a movie that uh, is trying to tackle a lot of topics and and discuss them mm-hmm. uh, honestly. But I, I don't know if if they really hit the mark. Instead, I kind of was left feeling like, all right, like what the fuck are you trying to say here? Like what what is your your overall point? And you know, I did, I enjoyed a lot of aspects of it. Um, uh, kind of what you're getting at, Craig, about just wanting wanting people to just be honest and like give honest answers and like be honest with who they are and their voice and whatnot. I I really enjoyed that overarching thread yeah. and like. I it's probably been clear at this point uh, in our podcast I am in no way a, a fan of religion and you know I do think things like organized religion do need critiqued because they can get out of hand uh very very easily um and it, it it's just it's odd I I I don't know what his point was here um mm. you you also have uh wow that's maybe a weird segue um yours but we'll go with it fuck it um there's also this this uh, uh obviously the threat of like homosexuality is is very present in this film um you know two yes. of the authors that we discuss in the movie are walt Wh- walt whitman and henry melville who are you know historically at this point understood to be gay men um and on top of that, you have like a weird amount of obviously whale motifs. I mean, we discuss, um, oh my god, uh, Moby Dick is, is a yes. is a reoccurring thing, and even um, uh, Song of Myself has a few few whale motifs that pop up um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know. I guess all of that. Maybe I'm just missing the entire movie. Um, it just kind of feels like a lot of stuff was kind of thrown at the screen or on on paper uh that feel like these highfalutin ideas and they do kind of connect within charlie uh as a character but like past that i don't know that there's necessarily depth there besides just being like look at how we intertwined all of these things um go ahead craig so to tag on that because uh i mean i because i know that you've read Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things, and I remember us having a discussion about it lightly, anyway, because I've never read the book. Um, but I do know that the the whole thing there is that you know we're we're chasing after this white whale, mm-hmm. um, and whether it is a real thing or imaginary, um, I can't recall if it's ever actually clarified. But I feel like that it is, is kind of what whale. the idea was. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like that's what the overall point of this was like that, that for me is where it landed is that all of these characters outside of Charlie are chasing after that white whale and they find him as that whale, not only just like in his actual size, but like Hung Chao trying to save Charlie where she couldn't save her brother. 
uh, Ty Simpkins looking for justification for him running away from home and stealing money from his church. Uh, you've got uh, Sadie, who is trying to kind of just get away from it all and find, it, find a valid reason to continue being the shitty person that she is, right? Even though it's it's one of those weird things where like I couldn't decide whether she was actually evil or whether if she just had a very underhanded way of handling things. Um, and, and that, I mean, even then the white whale there was just getting the money from her father and like, regardless, it's not a great motive, but it's still her motive. Um, and then, uh, you had, uh, the mother, Mary, who just never wanted Charlie to see her as a poor mother. Um, but still he was a perfect guy for her, regardless of how it all turned out. So I feel like they all kind of had that. And I, I feel like where that was highlighted for me, um, where I kind of made that connection and started to realize how every character connects back to Charlie uh, was with Dan, the pizza man, who was delivering pizzas and always checking <laughs> in on the door like, hey, are you are you doing all right in there? Like, are you OK? You <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you need me to come inside or anything? And then we have that point where he leaves the pizzas. And as Charlie comes out to get them in the wheelchair, we see Dan sitting there waiting to see this person. Right. And I mean. I feel like that's probably the most on the nose point there is when Dan sees him, we have that, that shock and then he runs away because he got to see the white whale and he, that's it. He just needed the view. Um, and so I, I feel like that's really all the point of it was, was to just see all these characters chase after something that they want because it's either going to complete their character or somehow make them feel fulfilled. You know what I mean? Like, it, I feel like that was kind of the overarching thing. I, I don't know that it ever really needed to close, but to just watch all of these pursuits happen um, and then for it to end the way that it did was kind of enough for me, honestly. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just, I just want to, like, I, I, it, it, I left the film wanting to have a conversation with Darren, you know, um, and for those, like, Darren is the director, so sorry. Um I keep saying Darren like he's like a friend of ours. He's not yet. <laughs> See what yeah. I did there. Um, I just want to have a conversation. I'm like, what, what was his what was his goal with this? You know, and for me, what what stuck with me the most, and it shouldn't stick with me the most, but it sticks with me the most, is like uh, his daughter's character played by Sadie is like Ellie, ironically. Hmm. It's like disrespectful as fuck, bro. Like it was like the first thing that popped in my head. I was just like, bro, I can't imagine talking to my dad like he <laughs> still to this day. Like if I like if I curse in front of my dad, he gets upset. Which shout out to him. But just like that overall, like which it's warranted though, right? Like you left me at a young age for like a dude that isn't my mom. Like you broke up our family. Like. No, like, I'm not going to show you respect, but it was just, man, and, and the, the realization, like, towards the end of it, like, that, the thing he reads last before he, you know, croaks out is his daughter's writing for, you know, something that would, when she was super young, is, like, the last thing he wants to hear before he goes, which is super, super sweet and super, super sad, but, um, I liked, I liked his daughter, I liked the, I liked Ellie's character and I like that like the realness I think I think the realness of all these characters is what I enjoy the most about the film is that it's a very very realistic experience like I, this is not some shit that I watched and was like this is a movie you know or this is just a film like, I feel like these like people are legit like these, these are like real experiences like if you put this person in this situation that is exactly how they're going to react or have um, and that is their natural feelings or, or what their natural feelings are going to be. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It was kind of, um, it was kind of all over the place like this film, but touche. So. I, I, I will agree. There are aspects that do feel, uh, fairly grounded. Uh, one of which is, uh, I guess I'll use the term hypocritical, how hypocritical, uh, a lot of the characters are. Uh, everyone is obviously uh, worried about Charlie and is like, you got to stop eating, you get your life together, whatever. Uh, but Hong Chao smokes. Uh, Ellie's mm -hmm. mom is an alcoholic. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the missionary was a total stoner. Like, yep. like you have these people and Ellie that does are... stuff too. Yeah. Like... yeah. Um, 
like they all want him to be better but have their own uh sort of vices and whatnot that no one's giving them shit for necessarily um and i think that kind of feeds into maybe some of the some of the issues i know people have had with this movie about it basically just being uh sort of like shaming fat people um and like you know belittling them and whatnot and uh i i I have to disagree yeah go ahead let's hear it so i went into this movie thinking that's what it was too uh was that it was going to be a a shaming fat person kind of situation and you know make anybody who's out there considered obese or morbidly obese or even slightly overweight feel like they need to go on a diet uh and do better and honestly, no. The, the weight for me in this film was all about the pressure that he puts on himself to be the person that he is for everybody else. And that was just given physical form by weight. Like, that was it. That, that, like, Charlie struggled dealing with his own shit, but never let that come ahead of him helping anyone else in the way that he could. And that, that, I mean, I feel like that was taken even further by the fact that he's a teacher taking on so many classes, regardless if the money was going to his daughter or not, that he was just stacking away in the bank. He still did everything he could to help out anyone that he could. Um, Hung Chao allowing him, allowing her to do everything uh, she could, mind you, more to his benefit, but still, you could see it throughout the entire film. She absolutely needed him as much as he needed her, and allowing that care to happen considering it was her brother uh that you know jumped off the bridge uh which was a a a, that point in the film that twist there uh made so much sense after i connected those dots after those dots are connected period um was just i think i had to sit for a second and just like really take that all in like she failed there and is doing the best that she can to save him because she Mm. failed her brother uh, and I thought that was beautiful. But I think if you go into this thinking that and, and exiting with feeling fat shamed at all or anybody that takes away the thought of fat shaming from this, I, I think you probably need to take another watch and suspend that because I don't think that's at all what was here. I mean, his daughter obviously like makes fat jokes about him, but that doesn't make the overall film a fat shaming film. So. Yeah, like there's well, the there's there's fat shaming elements in the film, but that's not what it's about. So yeah, uh, I think uh, I think that's a little little over a little overzealous in my opinion. But people are entitled to feel how they feel. But I I I think that's a bit of an overreach in my mind. So the thing with Ellie that cracked me up is that I I wanted her in my mind she's evil only because the way that she handled her approach to a lot of the problems that she low-key solved uh, in this film, she went about in a way that can seem very uncaring, cold, and just manipulative, right? So she comes in, and she's hanging out with her dad, for one thing, um, manipulating him into doing her work, and okay, she's she's collecting off of this the money uh, that she feels she's either owed, or just, you know, the money's not going to my mom, it's going to me, and she wants to build her life off of whatever he's giving her, whatever she feels owed, because her dad left her at eight. Okay, fine. Uh, but we see her also kind of give Charlie a ton of shit, and I think her goal there was like, if I shame you hard enough, because you were you abandoned me as a, as a child, and, and you've let yourself go, if I shame you hard enough there's a possibility that you'll get up and do something about it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that was part, and I could be seeing this completely wrong, but when she stood by the door and was like, without your walker, get up and walk to me. And it's like, I think she was trying to help him see that he could still do something if he just put himself to the challenge. The same thing with uh, Thomas's character, where she took the photos, she, she recorded his entire story. Like, she took the time to search this kid's parents up and give them the information for them to reach out. And they're like, dude, just come home. It, it's money. Like, it's money we don't care about. Like, just come home. And, and, like, in the next 10 minutes, he's gone. So she had a really fucked up way of handling shit. Even the uh, the mom coming over, because she immediately told her mother that she was going to go see her dad. Um, yeah, you didn't think I was, you know, you didn't think I knew you were coming over here because of money. Like, the no, it was obvious what was going on. And the mom thinking that her daughter's evil. But in my mind, it's like she just got her parents reconnected. Like, 
they have only talked in a form of argument or just like false information for God knows how long. But we then see them in the scene in the same room kind of reminiscing on the happiness they had and how things could have gone and the, the kind of apologies they shared when it's like, you know, I'm sorry for how I handled things. I'm sorry that things didn't work out the way that we wanted them to. Uh, and so in a weird way, Sadie, Sadie's character, Ellie, is is really fucked up, but she like kind of she fixes everything. Exactly. Yeah, she kind of like fixes everything, though. Yeah just wild i i don't love how she handled it all because it is just very cold but she did a lot of good for all the bad that she did um i just want to throw this out there as like a little fun tip uh as someone who has worked in the funeral industry for a bit um that would not have been a a fun um removal i'm just gonna leave that at that at the end of this film so that's low-key fat shaming. Oh my! It's not though. I will. So it's... I will take. I think I'm going to take a middle ground between you guys um, on that aspect. Uh, I do agree that like, like if you had replaced his character with an alcoholic, it'd be the same movie to some degree. Like he has an issue mm-hmm. that is ruining his life, the life around uh, the people's lives around him, and whatnot. Um, but I do think there is some stuff. Uh, more on on the I guess the technical or the filmmaking side that does make a spectacle out of him being obese. Uh, I mean specifically they utilize a, a four three aspect ratio to make sure he is constantly just overflowing the frame and like when he stands up for the first time it's like a complete spectacle. Uh, when yeah. he goes binge eating it's a complete spectacle. Mm. Um, even like. I don't know, I guess kind of what you were saying about, like, Dan, like, seeing him and, like, it being, like, this this whole reveal and stuff. Just, I, there are, I think, aspects where I could see how uh, it could come across as, quote-unquote, fat shaming. Um, because it is handled a little, like, oh, man, look at this fucking fat guy. And that does feel kind of shitty. I could see how that would be an issue. Um, but, flip side, again, I do agree that it is more, I guess, about his character and, like... Um, sort of what that is doing to him and the people around him. Um, mm-hmm. So that'll be, that'll be my, my middle stance there, I guess. Cool. Um, Segway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I guess uh, we can, we can also, we can skip this if we need to. Craig, do you want to, I mean, the homosexuality, I guess is a, is a major point in this movie. Like, is there anything that like you'd want to sort of piggyback off of, of that motif to like say or, or use uh, it is your floor here uh, um you also don't have to at all but well see i don't know that that pillar of this stood out to me apart like i feel like charlie could have been straight and left uh for another woman and, and this could have worked because then the mm-hmm. issue in the bible would have been adultery um you know what i mean like i, I don't know that uh, it makes a huge deal for me or a difference, but I guess it does because there are certain parts that don't work without it, right? Um, I don't know. I guess without a pointed question, I don't have much to really say on it. Like, I, like was there anything that you were curious about? Um, no, no, not not necessarily. I just um, just figured it was a, a open forum for you there uh, if you wanted yeah. it. I mean, look, homosexuality and religion are tough, and I don't. I haven't met anyone. Uh, who has struggled with being religious and homosexual? Um, yeah, I, I I haven't in my in my years with all the friends that I've made. I haven't met anyone who's done that struggle, and maybe I have, and we've never talked about it. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I know that it's a tough road. Um, I know when I came out, my mom, who was fairly religious, you know, had a hard time uh, kind of accepting it. Took her a few years, uh, you know, a lot of therapy for me. Um, and I believe therapy on her side as well, but it, it was tough, but you know, she got around to a point where she just realized that, you know, if people are telling me that, you know, God hates my kids and I, I know that God is love, then that just can't be real. Uh, and she, you know, she, she figured it out for herself and, you know, it's still a, a tough topic for us to really breach, but every once in a while, um, 
we have a conversation. We talk about, you know, my love life and lack thereof or whatever. Uh, oh, stop it. <laughs> oh, stop it. Uh, no, You're a hot boy, is... Craig. Craig is single. You can hit us up on hit any of our up. socials. Please don't. Trying to, try to get Craig so we can do couples things, yo. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm the single person with two married friends. It's uh, super fun. Uh, regardless, uh, we've gotten to a point where we can talk about a few of uh, those aspects. And, and, you know, there's comfort there. And she doesn't feel any kind of disgust or anything. There was never disgust. But it's just not really uh, an angle for her that she can talk on comfortably. But there's definitely more comfort now. Um, but the way it's handled in the film is... As far as I understood, Alan loved the church, uh, the way uh, Liz spoke about it, Hong Chao's character. Uh, grew up, loved doing it, loved helping people through the word of God and everything, and then, you know, being ostracized and kicked out the way that he was simply for loving who he loved uh, and knowing that, you know, being on the outs of, of everything you've known your entire life it is a really tough thing to think uh to kind of get around and to find ways to justify it for yourself so that you can still feel that love through god through religion is it's tough and some people just don't ever find it and it's a shame that it ended with him jumping off a bridge but i feel like there's definitely a lot more connection in, in more different religious backgrounds for people um who can be comfortable with being homosexual and part of a church uh, like i know it, it's becoming much more common for anyone in the lgbtq community to have an outlet for religion and connection to god and not feel like they need to choose one or the other it, you know mm. it's becoming much more blended nowadays so i don't think uh alan's story is something that we're going to find commonly uh in today but there are still those cases out there there are still very much those organized religions that are very hardcore about you know if you come out of the closet, if we catch you doing anything, you are not only kicked out of the church, but your family is putting you at a bus stop or shipping you off to a camp where they try to change you and, and pray yeah, the gay and still away. Exist. Yeah, it's insane. And my heart goes out to anybody that is dealing with that. My heart goes out to anybody who was turned away by their parents, period, when they came out. I know that I'm fortunate enough that my mother and father and most of my family, I don't, completely my family, you know, never turned their back on me. And I know I, I'm absolutely grateful for that. So uh, I guess it's really why I can't connect on that aspect for this film, because I, I've never experienced that kind of negativity at home. Well, I mean, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, that's fair. Do we feel do we feel like his obesity stemmed from his depression for losing uh, his partner or is it is it is based on him just like putting on the weight of like wanting to take care of other people and the weight of everything else like i i i i read it as once once his partner passed away like that's when he just started like eating which i know is a is a uh, a catalyst for a lot of people that are going through uh tough times like they tend to turn to food um and uh, people like uh, me myself like uh went through a rough patch a couple years ago and you know um uh, i dealt with that the same way and packed on a bunch of weight that i should not have so um i, I definitely get it from that aspect but i i i took what i took from the film was that he got big from from that not necessarily like the stressors of dealing with like having to be there for like Hong Chao's character or like not being there for his daughter or anything of that nature. Maybe I'm just a signifier for both. Honestly, okay. like for me, that works in both ways. Like the, the depression started it. Uh, but then as, as others started to like rely on him, that, that weight becomes more than just him eating food. Mm. It's hard too. like, it's definitely one of those like vicious cycle things as well. Like, like, you know, you're, you know, having a rough time and whatnot. And so you, you turn to whatever vice and then, you know, you hate yourself for turning to that vice and you're like, fuck it. I'm not like worth anything. And I'm just going to like, keep like binging keep on going. whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like totally. Like, um, I can't believe I did this. And, he just didn't yeah. do it again. <laughs> and you're like, man, I'm Shit. a disgusting person. I might as well just keep going. Like, yeah, it's, it's, 
I, I do think it is probably predominantly stemmed out of him losing his partner, but you know, life keeps going and brains are weird and people are weird and you make weird fucking choices. Um, and life's fucking hard. <laughs> so it is. Um, it definitely is. Uh, well, go ahead, Greg. There was also a point in the film, uh, I can't remember the line specifically, but to this point where uh, Alan, no, Charlie says to Liz that, or I think he said it to Ellie, uh, that he wanted to be, he wanted to be to Alan what he was looking for in religion. Um, and I think that was like acceptance and, mm. and, you know, that pillar to be. And, you know, Alan wasn't allowing that standalone to just be Charlie's. Like, you know, I have you here and love my life and all that, but, you know, I need more than just you. Um, and so I have to wonder if, if Charlie feeling like he wasn't enough is another part of that aspect. Like, I lost him because I wasn't enough to be all that he needed. Uh, yeah, fair. That's fucking heavy. You're not wrong. Yeah. And I, if I recall, that was mentioned in the film. Like, yeah, he, like, he does say something. If the I think it's him and the you said her name is Liz, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's when they're talking about uh, Alan, and they yeah, one of them says something to the effect of how uh, the church was always first, and Charlie couldn't be enough for him, and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck. And so, um, I mean, yeah, and, and him not seeing himself as enough for his partner, then. Yeah, yeah, I'm Ooh. not worth anything. Yeah, Why does that's matter? rough. To go back into CJ's point, yeah, it, 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 that's yeah. a cycle, dude. That that is a very vicious cycle, especially when it ends in that suicide. It's wild, right? Because it's like, not only am I not at the level of which of the one thing that means the most to you, but that one thing that means the most to you is also the thing that took you away from me. It is yeah, that's heavy. I don't know. Maybe this this film is pretty sad, Craig. I don't know. Maybe you need to go back and watch this. It's pretty heavy. It's a sad film, but I think there's just so much more to it than the sadness of of that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. There's and I don't know. Maybe I'm just seeing all of the exterior, not thinking too much about Charlie's mental health and you know his own personal self love struggle. But would you say that? morbid obesity tendencies are a mental health thing uh i mean that's definitely part of it i think there's a lot of things that can attribute to anyone's uh you know weight loss or weight gain because there are people out there that don't eat enough um as opposed to those that eat too much and i think part of that is genetics um but mental health is definitely a thing. I mean, a lot of people, I feel like in our generation, weren't taught properly how to love themselves, and we're all trying to learn that now in, like, Way our 30s. Way too late, yeah. And it is, <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's tough, dude. It is really tough. But, like, every time I meet someone and I see what struggle they're going through, it is just, it's impressive when people can recognize the problems that they have dealt with for so long that they didn't realize they didn't need to. Um, and, and people resolving their trauma like i mean i never dive too far deep uh with people on these things unless they really want to in which case i don't mind talking because i'm just one of those you know i'm one of those kinds of people uh but i i i know i have a conversation with my sister you know every other week or so we get together and we talk about things that she remembers from our childhood that she realizes now are traumatic and i'm, I'm like yeah like that that dawned on me a few years back too and you know the fact that you're just getting there says that you're working through it and that's great um but it is, the, it, it, our, yeah, our generation, unfortunately, is doing it now, man. And it's it's tough. Uh, but this, definitely a lot of things would attribute to, uh, to get back to your question, CJ. Yeah. More than just eating and, and, and mental health. Uh, I, I know that's a factor of it, but there's a lot of things. You know, I will say, it's, it's not, it wasn't meant to be funny, but it was kind of funny. When he was eating the meatball sub, and he starts choking, and, uh, keep saying Hong Chow, which like mad Liz. respect to her. Liz comes over and like basically like helps knock it out and like just in pure tears and panda she goes, Chew your fucking food yeah. <laughs> It's like this is not meant to be funny with you No, I like I he I survived that point too. He survived. He's straight right now. Like I gotta I gotta laugh. It's like 
It's like when your little kid busts his ass, right? Like like a baby or a baby falls. Like you, you have that pure moment to wait to see if they're gonna cry. And when they don't cry and they hop back up, you laugh. Like, ah, you bust your ass. You know what I'm saying? That was one of those moments. It's like, in the moment, I'm like, hold the fuck up. Like, if you really hurt yourself, like, all right, you know, I'm full dad mode. But since you're okay, I'm about to laugh at your ass. So, it was def- that was definitely that was definitely a funny moment within the, the film. Well, I think, safe to say, funny to a certain type of mind. But I get what you mean. I did chuckle at that point. I actually probably laughed a bit more when she pulled back and, yeah, in full... Uh, tears streaming down her face was just like, what is wrong with you? Just like, like, what is wrong with you? Chew your fucking food. And Brendan just looks up at her and it's just like, I'm sorry. And it's just like, and I felt bad for him in that moment because like, here she is yelling at him and he's just trying to eat his comfort food and fucked mm. up doing that yeah. and is being scolded by it. So like, I, I chuckled for a second but I was like, damn, the fact that he just apologized for having his life saved because he didn't chew properly just like speaks volumes about this character. And he apologizes profusely throughout oh the film. Oh my god. Everyone does. Mm. Uh, like, I'm sorry. Come, it, I, I lost count, man. Like, yeah. it is... <laughs> A, like the most spoken phrase in this fucking movie is some version of I'm sorry. Yeah, and they were a lot of the points that it happened at, I was just like, why are you apologizing for that? Like, yeah. what? Like, like, what? Like, in what world do you need to apologize for that? Oh, like, uh, I honestly just... was like kind of getting annoyed by the end. At like every time <laughs> someone said I'm sorry, I was just like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, oh my god, we get it. Like, everyone's sorry, whatever. Ah. Uh. Um, I guess to try to, to segue into a more like positive route, um, Charlie has a line, uh, something to the effect of, do you ever get the feeling that people are incapable of not caring? Like my favorite quote, it's, it's such a nice outlook. Um, and like, it is true. It's really easy to get cynical and be like, the world sucks. Everyone's like selfish and like all this stuff. And you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit with Ellie. Like, she very much reads as someone who is, like, anti... Well, I don't know that she's antisocial. She doesn't have friends. She is very aggressive. She's quote-unquote evil from her mother. But, yep, like, we've yep. already discussed, <laughs> she's she goes through and, like, fixes everything for everyone. And it is just nice, I guess, in something that is uh, fairly depressing <laughs> to have sort of this this kind of counterpoint to that, that, like... Yeah, things are bad, but, like, people are inherently good. I think so. Like, do you think Ellie showed up to Charlie the time she did because she knew he was going to die soon? Or she felt like he was going to die soon? And that, like, subconsciously in her mind, it's like her, like, like I still give a fuck about this guy. So, even if I'm going to go over there and be, like, mean as shit and, like, have, like, ulterior motives, like, at least being able to spend the last moments with him is still something i don't know that she knew that he was dying uh because as far as i recall uh she never saw him after he left Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure she had no idea that he had gotten to the size that he was until she saw him that day that first day anyway but i do think in her reaching in charlie reaching out uh you know she did come over and I, I think there's a part of her that wanted to rebuild a part of that relationship, um, but still also kind of ex- express her peace. Because you're talking about, like, being abandoned at eight years old is tough. Especially, like, you know, for those, for the women out there that are that are daddy's girls, like, having that man leave and the person that you look to for security and love your, your first expression of, of love from a opposite sex person, it just abandoning you like that. That's rough. It's, it's going to fuck you up mentally. Absolutely. Which is why I saw Ellie as being someone who couldn't express her feelings. It, it made sense. Like she just, her dad left, she clammed up. Her mom thought she was a monster. Like those things take absolute toll on your mental. And so she sees the world as stupid. She sees a lot of people as uncaring, but while her motives uh, kind of paint her in a point of, of uncaring, deep down she still does care. So I always thought that line of uh, people incapable of caring uh, was something that, like, like, you can be an asshole all you want. I know you care. 
to a certain point and like or you care about something exactly you care about something or someone like there ain't nobody walking around this earth like uh, I walk a lonely road, the only road I know type shit. Like, nah, my nigga. Like, there's there's something out there you give a shit about. Even if it's very, very little shit. There's something, someone out there that you do care about. So, that line is very, very, very well done. That was just something I was thinking about. Like, I wonder if, like, low-key, like, Liz, like, sent, like, a text even before he said something. Was like, yo, your pops ain't doing well. You might want to come see him. And, like, even though it's not said, like, you know, like, there's, like, you know, actors do, like, different, like, character studies where, like, oh, like, this is the process of my character. Or, like, my character would have done this. Or, like, even if it's not in the script, like, there's things that, like, the cast or the characters know about particular things and go about things that make sense to them. That even though if it's not displayed on screen. Just a thought. I guess a couple a couple more things we'll we'll touch on and then uh, we'll try to wrap this up. Um, obviously, Ellie's essay on Moby Dick is a reoccurring thing. It comes up a lot. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And the the end of it, uh, the part that we typically the the beginning that we get the most of, uh, she says, "I felt." saddest of all when i read the boring chapters that were only descriptions of whales because i knew that the author was just trying to save us from his own sad story just for a little while one i'm a nerd so those are my favorite chapters of moby dick i love Ooh, uh-oh. <laughs> <the whale> <laughs> unrelated come to... see us darren come see us <laughs> but i i guess i just kind of wanted to get you guys' thoughts on how that quote directly ties into the film and sort of Charlie's story. And I guess maybe if, uh, maybe if that's something, uh, Darren feels like he's doing here, CJ talking about like, what is his point here with this movie? Um, just kind of thoughts on that quote in general. Like how, like how, how, how often are we going to, how often are we going to like, he's just going to make a film and like, just leave. Like, I felt like he did the same shit with mother. Like he didn't explain what mother was about, but like everyone, like we can't like gave their own impression what they thought a mother was, and I guess that's like the pseudo thought process of being a filmmaker is like I shouldn't have to explain my art, and then you just walk away and your cape flaps. But still, like I feel like there's <laughs> there's like there's got to be some meaning behind this, and why like like you didn't just come up like maybe he did come up with that line like in the thought process of like yeah like I fucking hate the first couple of chapters of Moby Dick. I gotta put that in a film somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know, like, and, and we're, we're blaming him, but in reality, like, this is this is based off a of play. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not really sure on, like, how much of the input of the script he had. But there's, I feel like there's going to be more people that agree with you than people that agree with her with that statement. Because I feel like there's a really off-color statement, especially for someone who's, what, she was eight years old when she wrote that, or seven? Mm, yeah, I don't remember what... Uh, I think it was, like, right before he left her. Yeah. So it was was really advanced for an eight-yard to be, like... But then again, you look at who her dad is. Like, she's probably reading, like, hella books, like, going forward. Like, the Bernstein Bears weren't doing it for her. I get that. (laughs) That's definitely the point. Absolutely the point of that. uh, Right. So... uh, I just think that's that's really like that that it's it's already like super pseudo for her to be even like reading Moby Dick at eight years old, and also to feel like, yo, like the the writer just put this shit in here as like a filler, like this is like B roll in a book is like fuck, kid, (laughs) like what? (laughs) Um, but I also feel like that's not something that everybody would agree with. So I don't know. Also, here's my here's my rebuttal question to that then. Joe, in your perspective, because uh, I know you've read the book, were those chapters where we're talking about whales, like, were they really breaks from the story? And, like, did you want, did you find yourself in those chapters wanting to get back to the main story? Uh, I, <laughs> they are definitely breaks in the story. Um, wow, I feel like we're having an English class now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they are, they're, they're. They are objectively fairly boring, and they do kind of come out of nowhere and are these weird pauses in the actual narrative. And I just like whales, but, like, I get Ellie's sentiment. I don't think she's wrong. I do think that is an astute analysis from an (laughs) eight-year-old. I just think it's interesting because, like, 
whose sad story are we taking a break from here? Slash, where are the breaks in the sad story in the context of this film? Like, yeah, like, where is that? Who is this and whatnot? Like, I feel like you want to say something, Craig. No, that that's pretty much what I took away from that is that she in that in that in the bit of her paper that was read over and over again was that the portions where he talks specifically about the whales are breaks from the writer's boring story or boring life is, sad is the life. contrast sad life um, is what we're not getting with this you know film. You're saying we don't get breaks from the sad life. It's all sad. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in in. I feel like that was in there for the contrast where it's just like if the life of the, the, the story that's being described in Moby Dick is boring to the point that you need a break, uh, sorry, not boring, not boring sad. sad, that you need a break uh, to get away from it, then, you know, does that also mean that it's not interesting? Whereas the whale, you know, I don't know anyone that's had to pause and take a break from it and then come back and finish watching it. You, you watch the whole thing mm. through. Um, and I feel like that was kind of the the counterpoint that's kind of just being brought through is that like you're watching this all the way through and there like I said earlier there are points where you think it's going to get better and it doesn't but you continue watching anyway. Fair. No, I like that. So I mean that um, small thing, but I just that's honestly what it, it it brought to me was that like we're we're getting no break from this sadness anytime soon as far as Charlie's story is concerned. There is no break here. Like this is what it is. True. Mm. Sure. Fair enough. I, I like that. I think that's good. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, we'll, we'll stick on Melville for one more second. Um, I don't remember. It must be Ellie who says it. If we're talking about... It's got to be if we're talking about uh, Moby Dick. I'm pretty sure she says something to the effect that she like feels sorry for the whale because doesn't know what's going on. Uh, but she also feels sorry for Ahab because he thinks he'll feel better like once he catches or once he gets the whale. And so I guess my question here is, uh, is Charlie more of an Ahab or more of a whale? Because mm. I feel like you could probably go either way with that. Yeah, I think she leans more to Ahab because I feel like her going over there being a dick to her dad who's the whale um and then when the whale finally dies she does not feel satisfaction so because she kept saying like you know i think she says at one point i can't wait for you to fucking die or something like that so uh her mama wasn't lying she evil as fuck uh but um i think See, i don't believe that that was real i really don't no no but that. but i think I would... even even if it's false evilness like you like you you being even though it's out like you're acting out like you saying some shit like that hits a nerve like that's still like there's still some truth behind that shit though like you you, you like you putting it out in the atmosphere is like still rough well so compare that and and we can take a second here to compare this right compare her telling her father i wish you would die um or i can't wait for you to die however that line just went to uh Oh my goodness, uh, Michelle Yeoh's character in every everything everywhere, telling uh, her daughter that she's fat and needs to lose weight, because the same thing I said in that film is some people just genuinely don't know how to express proper concern, and so when they do say something, they sound like straight up assholes. I think there's a different correlation to a mom saying, at the end of the day, yes, you are getting fat, which that's an observation versus like a distinction to. Yeah, I hope you fucking die. I I don't know if you can necessarily compare the two. I get what you're doing, and I I, I get what you're trying to say, and like what you're saying, like is correct. Like people say shit they don't mean, and it's really fucked up. But I just still think like telling someone you hope they die at an age where you know what that means. Like it's different. Little Tommy tells his mom, "Fuck you, mom. I hate you, and I I, I hope you go to hell." And then storms to his room. Like that's different. Like that's a four year old having a tantrum. You're like sixteen, seventeen years old, telling your dad, "I hope you fucking die." I think that warrants a little more uh, reasoning, and like I, I think she has to hold a little bit more responsibility making that particular choice to say that okay but i get what you're saying i get like you're not wrong craig i'm not saying that you're wrong 
I'm just no, saying you're not I'm right. Not say, no, not saying that either. I get what you're saying. <laughs> 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 Basically, like, because she has better command of her words, choosing those words specifically, regardless of whether she knows how to express herself or not, uh, is still a dangerous yeah. thing. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I think you, at that point, you have to hold her accountable for the things that she's saying, even though they are out of a a feeling of what she's feeling in that moment and like it being very raw, but I think you still have to like, that's just like, like it, it, like it wouldn't have been any different if she said, Oh, I hope you fucking die. Or she ended up just like, you know what, dad, you're an N word. Like, if you're like, nah, like, bro, like you old enough to know you can't say that. Like you shouldn't be saying shit like that. Like, no, I'm gonna hold you to that. Like, no. So that's, that's just my thought process. And it just been really weird. Cause like, there's no, like, there's no black people in the movie, so she'd be like, why would you say the N-word in the first place? So, But you get what I'm saying. So all that to be said, rain it back uh, to the original question. Uh, Craig, is Charlie an Ahab or a Moby Dick? <laughs> um, I think he's both. Uh Characteristically, um, and the way that we see all of the other characters in this in this film uh, pursue him as the whale, uh, but I think for him, he is Ahab uh, in in pursuing his daughter. Mm. Uh, so I, I guess I could see it both ways. Fair enough. Fair I think uh, it also works both ways in that um, basically the sentiment that Ahab will like get some sort of release or whatever uh if he can kill the whale uh charlie's like kind of self-destructing himself and like uh he's doing this in an effort to feel better kind of back to the vicious cycle thing i was saying where like if he can kill the whale he'll feel better but he's the whale so he'll be killing himself and like Mm -hmm. um yeah if you haven't seen the film folks (laughs) give it a watch it is a tough watch but it's so good. It's worth uh, it. It's worth the watch. But I think one of the things, one of the final things I probably wanted, I actually want to say is... I do have one uh, more question still, too, just for what it's worth. Okay, okay. Um, then you know what, go ahead, because mine is probably more of a closing thing anyway, but go ahead. Um, so the very end is, there's a bit of ambiguity there, and I don't know why the last few few movies I have chosen have had semi-ambiguous endings. Do you think Charlie actually gets up to walk over to Ellie or... Can he not do it? Because I, I know we see him like kind of get up and whatnot, and like he starts to walk, and then obviously he dies and like floats off. But like, is that in his head more? Like, is that sort of his wishful thinking of how he wants this to go, or or does he actually manage? Where it? in actuality he's passing away on his couch. Exactly. That's interesting. I didn't think of that. Knowing Darren, he probably dies on the couch. But for the sake of this not being the sad boy film club pod i want to say that he actually gets up and walks to his daughter but knowing like knowing what i know about the director i'm like he's probably just still sitting on that couch having a heart attack and he dies that's just my thought was did he start having the heart attack while he was sitting down i can't remember now um i honestly feel like the stress of him getting up to walk across the room would have been the final nail in the coffin oh yeah i believe like, whoa, he whoa 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 <laughs> Yo. you're making me like, second guess myself now craig but i'm pretty sure he is like actively dying like he's having a heart attack like, it's it's we've made it we made it through the week uh hong chow said he won't make it through the week the week is up yeah. and like that's why he's well, having her like read the the essay um no, I, I honestly feel like he got up uh, as that final, oh, that final, I don't know. I mean, it's almost like it's a win to see him get up, but we it, it cost him his life. But I, but I thought that was the point of her reading the, the essay again, was because he was actively going at that point. And as she... I don't think she knew that that was the point of that. I don't know that he expressly tells her that I keep your essay close because it's it's the last thing I want to hear before I die. I don't I know I don't he says that he says that to the says that to the kid. Thomas. He says that to Thomas, yeah. He says it to Thomas, but yeah, I don't think he yeah. You're 
way I watched the film, he was dying on the couch <laughs> and he died on the couch. So, in my opinion, he would have. I think him getting up was the final nail in the coffin. So I think he did make it over. Uh, and in the moment where he ascends, I think if we were to actually see what happened, he probably just fell back, and that was the end of that. Hmm. Fair enough. I think he probably yeah. died on that couch. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Craig, your uh, your final point you wanted to make there. The floor is yours. Oh, dude, no! I just wanted to congratulate Brendan again on on the win for this one because. There's one thing I forgot about Brendan Fraser that this film brought to light for me is, uh, or brought back to light, I should say, is that that man is an actor. Like, there's just something about the way he's able to express through his eyes that is just throughout this entire film. Like, there are so many points where just like watching his facial expressions alone could break you down. It's wild. Um, let alone what's going on. Like, the sadness is brought to a much, much more prevalent point. Because this man can emote the way that he can. And and the full expressions that he was able to kind of get through, even with the fat face, was just, like, wild. Like, the eyes. You can tell a story easily with his eyes, and I think he knows that. It's one of his stronger points. But uh, that was pretty much just it. Like, so much of it was conveyed through his facial expressions. Not even just the movement, because we know he really couldn't move that much in that fat suit. <laughs> True. Shout out Brendan Fraser, though. Congrats, man. Yeah, man. Like, congrats. congratulations, dude. CJ, any final points you want to add here? Um, solid film. Definitely check it out. Um, yeah, definitely check it out and let us know what y'all think. I just, and I, you know, and got my foot in my mouth because I said it wasn't an Oscar performance, and it was. But <laughs> I said that while still voting for him to win. So it's, I, ho- I hope that makes sense to people. So, and it doesn't. People are just going to say i was wrong you'll, so i was you'll be getting an email don't worry i will be getting an email so. <laughs> in fact we hope we get an email from you guys um thank you so much for listening we do love uh conversing with you all hit us up on any of our socials at hot boy film club or send us an email at hot boy film club at gmail.com let us know how you thought about the whale um any uh any final oscar thoughts as we, we start to wrap up kind of our our oscar run throughs uh we're gonna be doing at least one more i don't know if craig's decided his his final final one um but at least next week cj will be taking us through the four-time oscar winner all quiet on the western front best international uh feature so we'll dive into that a little uh next week but until then everyone be good stay safe enjoy your time and uh We can't wait to join you all again soon. Peace. Bye. See you. Deuces.